Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. This morning is going to be a little different. We have been in this sermon series called The Righteousness of God for a pretty long time. I told you guys like two months ago that it was supposed to be a two-week sermon series. I was going to preach one, then Jay was going to preach one. And it just went into a two-month thing because we were just so amazed of what we were learning about God and about what this righteousness of God thing was. And it was supposed to end today, but honestly, I felt that Jay did a really good job last week wrapping it up, and I just asked him, I said, can we just have a bi-week to our next sermon series, which is starting next week, which we're going to reveal this week to you guys, excuse me, reveal this week to you guys, and just have some time of, like, reflection and introspection and whatever action word I can say next, um, of just what God is doing and what God, where is God? So, um, yeah, you know, it's funny, after the sermon last week, Jay said, man, I was, I was preaching and I felt like I was drunk on the spirit. I don't even know what I said. And I was like, that's cool, man, because that can either go really terrible or it can go really great, and it went really great. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just never do that again. And, you know, but, you know, Jay, Jay's awesome. He rolls with it, and I've never met anyone that actually flows with what the Spirit's telling him at that time, like Jay. So it was cool. So I just want to take a few seconds to just say, what have we been talking about as a church for the past two months? Um, basically, when we were in Romans, the thing that we saw was that we are not right with God as humans we are sinful, we, we turn away from God, we become our own God, so we are not right with God. We turn to wicked, evil things in God's sight, and God is completely just in destroying evil and banishing wicked things because he only wants good things, and that's bad news for us because we have chosen to do the things not of God but of ourselves and of this world and of Satan. So, it's pretty, pretty gloomy, but then we hit the end of chapter 3 in Romans, and it was like, but in Christ, we're made right with God, that Jesus Christ is the only, made, only way we're made right with God, that God actually came to us and died for us and lived the life for us that we should have lived, and now we've been given new life if we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And the best part about this is there's no condemnation anymore, like That is the most amazing news that everything's wiped out and we're given the righteousness of God. We are made right with God in Jesus Christ. So um, the sin that we once had was actually paid for on the cross by Jesus and we're free. We're free from eternal judgment. We're free from having, being enslaved to sin and we're free to actually pursue our father in a loving relationship because we know God. We know what he's like. Jesus has showed us what he's like. Um, so Jesus, after he died, we know he resurrected. After he resurrected, we know he ascended into heaven, but Jesus did not leave us to live life on our own. He, at Pentecost, sent his spirit down, the spirit of God himself, which envelops the earth and is here now, and his spirit is here. So the question is today, are you aware of his presence? Are you aware of God's presence? Um, For me, 
it, I usually become aware of his presence uh, when I have my back up against the wall, when I feel like life is just basically choking me up against the wall. And I'm like, God, if you're real, can you show up, please? Like, I need you now. Um, and, you know, it's funny, because I was thinking about it this week, you know, just in random times. I'm like, okay, well, how does God's presence actually show up here? And last night, we went to Moon River to celebrate uh, Danny Carey's birthday, which is on Tuesday, so you should give him a little pat on the back, say happy birthday, bud. And uh, so, you know, we were leaving Moon River, and we were driving in my car, and if you're a parent, you're going to resonate with what I'm talking about. So I'm driving. Wolfgang decides, he's my son, he's four. He decides, if I can't sleep, I'm done. And if I can't sleep and I'm not happy, no one's going to be happy. And so he just goes off. Like, he is just crying and crying. And so if you're a parent and you know you can't fix the situation because you're driving, you just got to, like, settle through it. But Jen, my wife, was like, you know, I'm going to fix this. So she unbuckles the seatbelt. She's back there. She's making the sound like, what was it? It was like, four months. What would I say? Four. Yeah, four months. Yeah. Not four decades. No, yeah. So four months. So he's, he's wailing. Jen's making this like high pitch, like her seat's like bang, 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 bang. And Effie's in the back. She's my almost two-year-old going, mommy, 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 mommy. And I'm just hearing all of this and, you know, I'm trying to block it out. And I just came back to reality and I was just singing. And I was like, somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly. I was like, I was just out of it. I was, and it was like, then I came to and I was like, God, where are you in these moments? You know, this is everyday life. Where do I meet God in this moment? Um, what does it look like? And the answer to that, I think, is pretty simple. And the Bible states it's pretty simple. How do you become aware of his presence? You seek God. You try to actively seek God. So in Deuteronomy, it says, but if there you seek, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So it's not like, hey, God, show up, cool. I'm gonna just video game over here. It's like, no, you actively go out and say, God, I want to know you. I wanna seek you. Please show yourself to me. Um, and in the New Testament, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there's a part of us with faith saying, God, I'm put, I'm I'm stepping out in faith into the mystery of this, this world and this um, you know, life and universe and eternity saying, I believe you're there, please present yourself. God, I know you're here, please. and that's seeking. You're going out to seek God. So the question is, are you taking time to seek God? It's really difficult in our world, extremely difficult to actually seek God because we are so hyper-connected to everything and everyone, we actually don't ever feel boredom anymore because at any point we flip on a phone, scroll, we flip on Netflix, uh, you know, just movie marathon or whatever show you're watching, or we get on the computer and we're just arguing on Facebook about a bunch of different stuff, and, you know, it's just really hard to actually remove yourself even for a second 
to be aware and say, God, please, I want to be in your presence. Where are you? Um, so his presence, again, is always around us. Like, God doesn't, isn't in heaven waiting for us to call him and then comes to earth to find us. Like, his presence, his spirit is everywhere. It envelops the earth. It is here. It's us who are not aware of his presence. We turn to other things. God is here. So the thing about it, though, is his presence is on every single human. Now, if you're not in Jesus Christ, his presence actually brings condemnation and wrath and guilt. And you, you feel that, so you turn to other things for distractions. You, you hate that because you want to be your own God, so you're going to prove him wrong. And you're going to say, no, he doesn't exist. That's in my head. But it's the, his presence and weight that's on our shoulders as fallen beings. People feel it. But when you're in Jesus Christ, his presence actually brings comfort and it brings peace. You, you, when you become into his presence, you, f- you feel filled up. You feel like this is where I've always wanted to be and I was meant to be. And this is where I need to be. So either way, his presence is present. Okay? Just, you know what I mean? His presence is always present. How do you, how do you feel his presence? Like, are you feeling co- condemned? Are you feeling like... Um, I'm, I'm terrible, you know, I'm never going to measure up to what God wants me to be? Or do you feel when you walk into his presence like, because of Jesus Christ and me in him, I am beloved by the Father as a son. Everything is reconciled, my sins wiped away, and I get to step into the presence of God here on earth fully when we die in his presence, but here on earth through the Holy Spirit and be just overwhelmed with comfort and peace. Um, I sought God uh, two weeks ago um, because, well, two weeks ago I was, I was having a pretty rough week. And it was on a Monday and I felt really confused and I was disappointed and um, I decided to fast. So, you know, the Bible talks about fasting and, you know, it's a spiritual discipline where you remove something in order to fill it with God's presence. Like something's blocking your presence with God. And so you remove something in hopes that you can actually see God more clearly, hear from him more clearly. And so that's what I did. And for me, um, I decided I wasn't going to eat during the daylight hours. I was, I don't know why, it just, that's what I thought. And now my fast wasn't this super awesome Christian thing, so I'm not up here to brag about it. Uh, It was first really hard because I fasted from food, and if you know me, I might look skinny, but I can throw down on the food gauntlet, and I eat a lot, and I love eating food. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to, just going to remove the food because I really want to seek God right now. And it wasn't a hyper-religious thing either, because on, um, what day was it, Tuesday, I was at Jay's house, and Chantil and Amani were there, and they were offering me this warm, delicious steaming crab for lunch and I'm seeing it and I'm like shaking because I'm hungry and I just smell it and I'm like you know and I told him I'm like I can't because I'm fasting right now and I think this is a temptation from Satan so I smacked out the food I didn't do that but I felt like it and you know I was just like oh man I wanted to rip through those crabs so hard and it was just right in front of me and but the thing is, Chantille told me when she heard that, 
she looked horrified. And she's like, you can't tell us you're fasting. You have to start over. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, at my old church, if you're fasting, you know, the thing is, you can't tell anybody. And if you do, you have to start all over again. I'm like, well, this isn't that type of fast, until because I'm telling everybody because I'm starving. And that seems weird that I wouldn't be able to tell you if you're offering me food. So it, it wasn't this religious earn your salvation type fast, okay? But what it was, was more of a straight up hunger strike on God. My heart was not good in it. Like, I said, God, I'm not going to eat until you tell me what to do next. Like a spoiled teenage brat to his father. And God would have had every right to just be like, well, okay, if that's what you want to do, then I guess you're going to starve out, and that's that. It was a waste of your life. Good job, you know. Um, But he didn't. He was very patient and loving and kind to me, even in my spoiledness towards him. And, um, you know, he loved me through it, and he actually gave me some clarity. So in the midst of the fasting, I became, I, it worked. I became more aware of God, because every time I was hungry, I was like, God, just give me the answers that I'm seeking so I can eat, you know, and it was a real seeking, right? And, you know, it got to the point where I became like a detective looking for clues. Like, I'm around, I'm like, okay, God, there's signs everywhere. Show me one sign, and then I'm going to follow the, you know, the uh, breadcrumbs, and I'm going to find the answer, and, you know, I'm getting, like, frantic, because I'm like, how long is this thing going to last, you know? And so, but the whole idea is I was seeking God, not even with great motives, but I was seeking God, and you know what? I was wrestling, and I was joyful. I was happy. I've been meditating on this verse for several weeks now, and it's uh, Psalm 1611 and says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore the the practical result for Christians of being in God's presence is joy deep satisfying joy a sense of belonging that we've been there or we were we've arrived to the place we're actually seeking here on earth um and how many of us Christians walk around like dejected, gloomy, um, just because they lack the sense of God's presence? We're, we're working out of, you know, obligation. We're like working on this mission with God, but just because we feel like we have to. And, you know, it's overwhelming. So the fellowship with God is sweet for those who walk in faith with the Lord. So on one of the sermon series we did in... Um, the righteousness of God was about boasting. And we were saying that boasting in and of itself is not bad. Boasting is actually bad when you make yourself the center and focal point of the glory and the praise to get that. When you boast about God or boast about what other people are doing for God, that's an amazing thing. So today, you know, I want to just take a second and I want to brag on God. Um, I want to give some, some evidence that his grace is at work in me, and in our family. And today, after I do this, we're actually going to have some time. We're going to have an open mic, and we want you guys to come up and share with the congregation, what has God been showing you? 
What has God been giving as evidence to you that his grace is sufficient, that he is alive and well, that he is present, that he is working here in Jacksonville, he's working at our church, he's working in your family, he's working in your life, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Because as a congregation, as people in the building today, I'd love for all of us to be encouraged that God is not dead. I didn't see that movie, but God is not dead, okay? And I didn't see that God's not dead too, because apparently they needed a sequel. Um, but the point is, is we've done this before. Lois doesn't think we have, but we've definitely done this before, where we just have the mic, and just for a few minutes, you know, we don't want a life story, because we want everyone to have a chance to share, but to, for people to come up and just say, where have you seen God move? And then as we see that God's actually moving in all of our lives, it's just, I don't know, it's just there's something in us that should feel like really um, just excited that there's an active, loving, moving God that's faithful to all of us. So I'm just going to share, you know, a few things that I've been just blessed with and it's just really evident of God's grace in my life. So the first thing is uh, a week ago Saturday, uh, my wife led the women's Bible study here at the church. Um, so for someone who's excited to go into ministry, for someone who's finishing up seminary, and I'm going to be done with that. Um, it was just a really amazing moment that my wife um, just got really excited to love the women of our church and share what God's been teaching her. And just to see her just joyful in that. It didn't, it didn't come across as an obligation. It didn't come across as like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I signed up for this. But it was more like she was really excited to like really pursue um, just the scripture and the women of this church. And I was like, man, if I have a wife that is great with um, just wanting to pursue ministry on her own side, but not even ministry, but just actively walking with God, that's a huge, huge blessing. And I was really, really thankful for that. Um, yeah. Um, another random thing, uh, this past Monday, I was working out, I don't know if you could tell, uh, but I was at the Y, and this was during, no, 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 sorry, this was last week, yeah, this is last week, so I was fasting, and I decided to go to the Y, which is not a great, not a great thing, if you're hungry, and you're weak, and you're trying to lift weights, bad combination, but, um, Again, I was very present with, like, God, what are you trying to do? And I was looking for these clues. And there was a guy there who was just yoked. I mean, this dude was, like, strong as I don't know what. But he's wearing a UCF hat. And I went to UCF. And I don't know why, but I just felt, like, this whispering of, like, Jeremy should go talk to this guy. And I'm like, okay. So I went over there, and I'm talking to him, like, hey, did you play football at UCF? Because... <laughs> That would be the obvious thing. And he's like, no, but I'm actually uh, trying to walk on next spring. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, I was in the Marine Corps for four years, and I just got out, and I'm, um, you know, I've actually never played football before, but I think I can do it. And I was like, yeah, I think you can too. Um, <laughs> definitely a possibility there. Um, or just go straight to the NFL, whatever you want, you know. Uh, and he's like, yeah, so, but the thing is, I'm like, trying to work on my ACT math. I got to get it up to get in. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Uh, my wife, actually, for a semester at Lee, was an ACT prep 
teacher for um, Lee High School for seniors. He's like, oh, well, you know, I can't, like, pay or anything. anything. I'm like, I mean, you don't have to pay. Like, we'd love to help you out if you want extra help for the ACT. And he was, like, kind of taken aback. Like, why are you doing this? Who are you? So I asked Jen, and sure enough, he actually came to our house. And we're, he's taken the ACT in a month, and we're meeting up with him two times a week. And it was crazy. This so is the first time he came and he was leaving. I was just asking him about it. And I was like, you know, because he's had a hard, he's only 22, but there's been some things that have happened that are pretty hard. And what was crazy was he said, yeah, man, I don't know about all of this. I, for some reason, felt like God told me to come to your house to do this. I'm like, why is that? And he's like, well, that day I had been researching and researching tutoring for ACT math and I couldn't afford any of it and I went to the gym completely just depressed that I'm not going to get any help and so then on my end I'm like you know it's actually even crazier than that because I was just fasting and I should have died with weights falling on me (laughs) and maybe you were there to save my life just pick up my peon weights Uh, but you know what like, I felt that God called me to speak to you. And, you know, there's this thing, and he's like, yeah, you know, I've actually been thinking that I need to get right with God. I'm like, well, are we just doing this Righteousness of God series at my church? And so it's cool. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but he's, he's coming, and it's just a crazy coincidence, right? But, like, God's faithful. God does things, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, and there's a bunch of other stuff, like... <laughs> I could go on and on because I've actually been thinking about this all week, but like um, I had a car that had almost 200,000 miles on it and it was kind of crazy um, that I was still driving it because to start it up, I had to put the key in, turn it, pump the brake three times and then jam it to the floor and then finally turn over to start. Um, so I've had it for a long time. But uh, yeah, on Saturday, um, my grandparents just, we were all eating dinner and they just gave me their car. Just they're like, hey, literally my 90-year-old grandfather just threw me the keys across the table. I'm like, you want me to drive you somewhere? Or that's kind of rude. Uh, and uh, no, he's like, it's yours. Um, congrats on graduating. And just so it's like this crazy, crazy stuff, right? And the thing about it is I get, I get locked into the just, yeah, just the normal, like, things of life where I don't even get to praise God for the amazing stuff he's doing all around me and all around you guys. Like, God is doing so much stuff, and I want to go on and on, but I don't even want to take up the time. I want to hear from, your, from you guys. So um, in Psalm 73, it says, for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all of your works. Okay, so when you're near God, you get, to, you get to brag on God. You get to tell of his works. So today, we're going to tell some of his good works. Um, we're actually going to share the evidence of his grace and mercy. So if you can, I'd love to bring a microphone up right now. And I'm going to get out of the way. And I just want to preface with you guys, like, please come up and share. If you feel that there's something amazing that God's doing in your life, we want to hear about it. Um, we're going to ask that you keep it to, like, two minutes so you can have other time for people to share. But this is just a time as a church, low-key, right now, just to be like, hey, this is what God's doing. And I just wanted to brag on him for a second. And then at the end of that, I'll come back up, 
and we'll close out and we'll do some communion. So this is just a time where, I mean, we can even bring the lights on in the, in the place so it's not scary that you have a spotlight on you in the front. Um, but yeah, hey, seriously, guys, like, we're a family here. Don't be afraid to come up and say something. Um, we want you to talk and we want to hear from you. So anytime you're ready. Test? Okay, great. Um, uh, my name is Connie Johnson, my husband Tony, and um, we have the privilege of hosting House Party this year for the first time. And um, we have just really seen, yeah, it, you got to get in on it. Um, we have just seen people being so open and um, honest. And uh, the last two weeks have been, people have been sharing their kind of walk with God and where they're at. And so grateful that Image is a place where people are honest about um, their record of failure, in a sense, and relying on God's record for us. And so I am just so grateful for people being free to be honest and be themselves and just seeing how God is knitting that, that it's a real true community. Okay. Um, kind of going off what Connie was saying. So, uh, last two weeks I've been able just to talk and hang out with different people at the church, um, and so it's been really cool. And so I kind of got like two things that kind of relate to the same thing. So, um, I get to hang out with Jen Shirky, uh, like every other week or so. Jen Shirky is Jeremy's wife, uh, the one who led. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But as we've been going through the study, I got to talk to her because she was going to be leading. Um, and it was really cool because we're in a certain chapter, um, and they had mentioned some things. And basically, she just started talking about how uh, we really need to make sure anything that we're doing is in the gospel. And how it's so easy to start making lists and objectives and goals. And she was just, like, fighting and making sure when she did this lesson that people knew that they could not start making lists uh, and they had to be close to God if anything was actually going to happen in their life. And I got to just be blessed with her kind of like wrestling with it uh, in the image office. And I was just like, wow. And she was like, it's really good talking to you. And I really was not talking. She was just talking. I was just listening. Um, but I was like, wow. And I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, it's so easy. It's so easy to start doing things like you're doing it for good or you're doing it to be closer to God. In actuality, you're doing it for a self-righteous thing. Um, and so Jen was just like a really evidence of grace in my life to just be like, 
whatever you're doing, it needs to be because you're getting close to God and you're thinking about what Jesus has accomplished. Um, and that's the only way there's going to be a true fruit out of it. Um, and she was just sharing her personal experience. Um, and so that really blessed me, like crazily, uh, to see somebody um, just fighting with it and making sure everyone knew that and was passionate about it and ready to give it. And so it was amazing um, to just listen to her talk about that. And then second thing, uh, that's kind of talking about house parties have been amazing. Uh, it's been really fun to get started. Uh, and in my house party, we got a whole bunch of random people who would probably never hang out uh, outside of house party. Like, there's no way. Um, but they, they come to Springfield, and they, they hang out, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, but this last week, I got to talk to somebody, uh, Fran. And uh, Fran is like, since I got here, he's always just here and serving. Um, and so I just got to hear why he likes to serve an image and to hear his heart behind, I believe what God is doing. And it was not, I believe in what Jay's doing or Jeremy's doing, but I simply believe God is doing something in image. And so it just made me think about how I need to praise God for my family, that someone who's not getting paid for anything is so dedicated to this church because of something they believe the Holy Spirit is truly doing here. Um, and he's here every week, no matter what, and every event, no matter what, because he believes in what God can do through people. Um, and so it was awesome. Yeah. Hello, I'm Emily. Um, some of you have already heard a little bit of this if you go to the house party with me. Um, I just have weird, it's not even luck. It's, it can't, because, you know, we're Christians, we don't believe in all that, or the force. But um, just weird things happen to me. Uh, but I'm seeing God in it. Um, I got run off the road by a semi a couple weeks ago after leaving church. And it was either, you know, hit a car, hit traffic cones. And my friend was driving, and she chose to hit the traffic cones. And I'm grateful. Um, the right side of my car is a little torn up. Erin was behind us. She came about this far from our back bumper, apparently. And it could have been like a five-car pileup on I-10. And somehow, I don't know, I just like picture like an angel sticking its sword between the bumpers. Like, you will not touch, you know. Like, I don't know how we didn't all die. And um, so, you know, my car's a little torn up, but God protected us. And then later that same day, my friend ran over my phone with my car. So... <laughs> But it is still working. It is shattered as anything, but it works. Like, it was in three pieces, and I, like, put it back together and hit the on button, and I was just like, Jesus, you're amazing. And then the next day, I dropped my phone in, in a toilet, and it still works. So, you know, and it's great, because, you know, I didn't really, I'm, I'm too cheap to go fix my phone, apparently. So these are just some day-to-day -day things that, I'm seeing God working in my life, and um, on a larger scale, I've had some health issues. I've got a heart condition and a sleep condition, probably. I have to you know, go back in for more testing, so I was really stressed out about, I've been missing a lot of work, and, uh, but it, like, it turns out that um, the people at work apparently, like, love me, and they're not going to fire me, <laughs> and I was just kind of stressed about paying bills very stressed about paying bills, and then I felt like a terrible Christian because I'm stressed, and I'm not supposed to be, you know, we're Christians, we're happy all the time, and we are never worried, no, too blessed to be stressed, <laughs> and all of that, 
all of those great cliches that are supposed to help, and I don't know if they actually do. Um, but I, I was looking at my pay stubs, and uh, like they're paying me on days that I miss work, and I'm out of sick days. I'm definitely out of PTO, and they're paying me when I miss work because, like, I guess they just know that I'm, you know, when I'm missing work, I'm actually, you know, I. Um, just like they know I have days where like I literally can't get out of bed and it's just been like a huge blessing so like little things to big things like that um just seeing God work in my life and uh yeah I'm just I that is the grace of God church peeps. Um, I wanted to read something from Matthew. Um, Therefore, I tell you, this is Matthew 6, 25. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. And I do a whole bunch of worrying. Um, I'm a student at JU, and you kind of have to meet. I'm a musician at JU, so I have to meet these deadlines, and I'm always, always worrying. But um, I'm thankful for... Uh, family and encouragement, because I've been getting a lot of that. Um, Also recently, uh, the university, kind of just disciples of Christ coming together, um, we call ourselves the mighty men now. Um, There's only about six of us right now, but God's been working at the university to um, just bring people together. So we're kind of seeing this movement come together, and um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I live with the Johnsons, so you see me at the house party. So, yeah, grace of God, just working, working in campus. So happy for that. Hello, guys. Um, I'm Ant. For those of you who don't know me, for those of you who do, I'm Ant. Um, I recently was married. You recently got married. Uh, so let me tell you um, about stress and about how you don't stress. Uh, we basically put together a wedding um, with nothing. We had a vision. We knew we set a date. She tried to cancel it 30,000 times. I told her, just have faith. Just believe in me. Um, just believe in God's promise in our life. And uh, I do graphic design, web design. Uh, you know, I have my own business, and I also work for web.com. Um, and the two weeks prior to uh, the wedding, just out of nowhere, I continually kept getting phone calls. Like, hey, I, I want a website. Or, hey, can you do this design for me? Hey, can you print this for me? From customers from out of nowhere. And God just provided monetarily for a wedding that I had no idea how I was going to finance. Um, and that's just... God stepping in and just believing in the promises he makes in your life. Because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this truck, uh, these chairs, and this stuff. And God just stepped in and was just like, just believe, just here. And um, so we were married. We went on a cruise, went to the Bahamas. It was nice. And uh, just, just got to believe, man, believe in the promises that God makes to you. And uh, that's my story. My name is Lennon, um, Lennon Waters. 
I was suffering from depression. And before I go into it, I want to give glory to God because when you get depressed, sometimes you just don't care about nothing. And one day I was sitting in the room, TV was on, and I seen this commercial about Operation Smiles. And these people were taking their time to help these kids that had clefts um, and deformities. And it touched my heart. It kind of it kind of broke me down a little bit. So I said, um, I said, Lord, well, I can't do nothing about it. What can I do about it? All of a sudden, I start just getting these ideas. God just started blessing me with these ideas. Went to the library, um, talked to an intellectual property attorney. She agreed to take my case. And I was like, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, glory be unto God, because the little knowledge that he blessed me with, I'm thinking, you know what? He's got to have a wealth of knowledge, just a bunch. I mean, just a whole bunch of knowledge. I mean, and it kind of overwhelmed me, and I was like, whew. Um, but my two minutes are up. Glory be unto God, and thank you This is going to be short and fast. My name is Johnny Torres. I was born with a heart condition. A lot of doctors have been telling me, hey, you need open heart surgery. I asked Brother Jay to pray for me. I went Friday to the doctor's appointment to schedule my surgery. They're like, nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. Thank you, Jesus. I don't really know how you say anything after that one. But, um, so I've got two things. One thing, um, and I'm, I'm sure the um, mothers in here can kind of resonate with this, but so I've just always wanted to be like the perfect mom. And I, you know, and I don't want anybody to know about, you know, any negative things or like, you know, you know, um, no, I don't yell at my kids or, you know, I never, you know, um, you know, everything I do, you know, I discipline them, you know, all in the correct ways and through the grace of God and, you know, <laughs> and so through this righteousness of God series, um, God has just shown me that, he can't help me until I acknowledge the sin. And um, and I've just been doing that. Like, I've just been saying to God, um, Lord, I'm a mess. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just not good at this. I need your help. And just the grace of God has just been coming in. And, like, you know, for me, the worst time is, like, late at night when I get really, really tired and, like, you know, what I really want to happen is I want to close my eyes and then I open them back up and everybody's in the bed and everything's good and I can go to bed, you know. But, of course, that's not what happens. Like, the total opposite happens. Everybody's going in their own direction. Nobody's listening. I have to tell people stuff like ten times, like, you know, you go do this, you go do that, and then I go to handle somebody else and then that other one's still sitting there doing absolutely nothing. And um, and so I always lose it, like, when I get tired late at night. So lately I've just been like, Lord, I cannot do this. Please just come in and give me peace and help me to get these kids down and do everything I need to do. And 
I've just been just experiencing so much peace and grace in that, and um, that's my first evidence of grace. So the second one is, um, are my two minutes up? Well, all right, I can get an additional two. But um, so I'm just kidding. So, no, please stop. I, that's, I, I don't have that title, and hopefully nobody thinks I do. But um, second thing is, so at work, there's this... Um, one of one of the um, engineers that I lead, she, I've I've always tried to push Jesus on her for years. I think she's been on the team about five years, and she, um, and I mean, we went through the reason reason for God book, and you know, I've just been like because she's she's she says she's Buddhist now. It's always something different, like another. Thing, but she um, she's very selfish, and I'm I'm not I don't I don't want to say that like I'm judging her because we we all have some selfishness in us. I I've got selfishness in me, but just on the team, it's just like everything's all about her, and she'll even say that she'll just be like, you know, I'm awesome, which she's great. I mean, she really is, but she just like doesn't care about anybody, you know. To get up to the top, she'll do whatever, you know. And I just been always been kind of being religious with her, kind of judging her because she's just. Um, she just does a lot of stuff that I don't do, and so I've always just, but anyway, so to make a long story short, I've just been, like, just having grace for her and just walking out life with her. Jay said last Sunday, he said, Jesus came down to earth and walked this out with us, and I've been trying to do that with her, and just, um, we, we have to go out of town for work a lot, and I'll, like, go sit, like, at the bar with her, and just talk to her, and we have to, like, drive, like, a couple hours from, like, whenever we go to California, and I'm just in the car, like, talking to her, and not pushing Jesus or anything at all, and I've been seeing such a difference just from just loving on her. And I actually have, I mean, I care about her so much now just from getting to know her better. And I actually believe that she's at the verge of receiving the gospel. And I'm just so excited about it. And people have been telling me that Veronica, I'm, I'm sorry, I did not mean to say her name, my fault. But people have been telling me that, you know, she's just so different. And, she, and she's been helping people in the office, like helping them get their work done and stuff like that. And it's all through just the love of God, which is just God, not me. And that's my second evidence of grace. So that's it. Everybody, I'm Kevin. <laughs> Jeremy's talking about, you know, when you seek God, he comes and sometimes he'll come after you when you don't expect it. Um, six years ago, I'm not going to go through the whole six years, but uh, six years ago my wife passed away. And um, to say I was in depression is like a, doesn't, doesn't really hit it. And uh, so I struggled with that for a long time. And, and then God kind of threw me in a fire, and I'm kind of proof that he can throw you in and snatch you back out, too. And that <clears throat> I had a heart attack two years ago, a big one. My grandfather had the same heart attack. If you know anything about the heart, you have the left anterior descending artery. It's called the widowmaker. And usually when you have a heart attack with that artery being clogged, you don't make it through that. And that's what I had, and it was 100% clogged. Um... 
my grandfather had the same heart attack and he was gone before he hit the ground. So not only did I go through that heart attack, but I, most people pass out, they lose consciousness. I was awake for all of it, um, including them putting a stent in. Uh, four months after that, I ended up with RSV and back in the hospital with kidney failure. They thought I was going to go again. Uh, when I had, and then <laughs> last year, um, 14 months ago, I suffered a ruptured intestine. And uh, the doctors really didn't expect me to make it through the surgery to fix it. Um, when I came out of the surgery, I was in a coma for four days. Um, life support, breathing machines, six IV pumps. Uh, my friends who came to see me while I was in the hospital said it like I was rigged up to something from Star Wars. and had every machine you could think of hooked up to me. And uh, <clears throat> five, five days later, I wake up. Doctor comes in. He's like, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you because I don't know anybody that could have survived it. And I uh, had an eight-inch tear. So um, through all these things that have happened, God's just been pointing out to me and, and showing me things I need to change in myself, opening my eyes to what my weaknesses are and what my shortcomings are and, you know, how to be a better person and all that. And it's through all these trials and these, you know, castings in the fire, if you will, you know, um, just like purifying steel, you know, you heat it, you bend it, you heat it, you bend it, and, and that's where I'm at. You know, I've been heated and bent <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so that's my evidence that God snatch you right out of the Grim Reaper's hands and, and give you another shot at something. And uh, so that's it for me. Jose, uh, I guess I only have an interesting life, I guess. Uh, but anyways, uh, I shouldn't have come up here. Why did she influence? All right, anyways, <clears throat> I guess the way I see the grace of God, like, like you said, he's always around you. So I guess it's just simple things. Like, I just think, like, I'm alive in this complex, interesting world with, like, amazing people that have gone through so much. And, and I don't know, it's just like simple things in life that really get you to start thinking and you do really see God and how powerful he is and great and how he can do amazing things in people's lives. And I, I don't know, I guess that's just the times I see God, when I just see the beauty of the world, the sometimes the dark side of it and the great things that come out of it, I guess. So I was just uh, just feeling like I should share this because it's something that I've talked to Melissa a lot about, about um, acknowledging that it's been God's grace. But um, truly in the last two years, I'm, a, I'm self-employed and my business has just gone uh, really well, like really well in the last two years um, to a place that like I never uh, like imagined that it would. 
And, um, and while I'm like completely aware that in God's grace, like all that could dry up tomorrow and he could lead me to something else. And, and it's not just that God blesses us by causing those things to happen, but, um, I can only point to, uh, him and, and talk with Melissa and just saying like, I feel like it's a season that he's, that he's brought us into. Um, and at the company that I work with, I've had, because of this, I've had people like ask me, like, you know, they want to know what I'm doing and they want to know, um, how I'm doing it. And it makes it kind of awkward because I literally don't have great, um, marketing, you know, strategies to point to and to say that, um, I did this and that, and this is why it's, you know, blown up or happened. And many times I've just told them, you know, I just feel like, um, God's just blessed us right now in this season. And, um, so I'm really thankful for it. And I feel like I need to preface by saying that I know that like, you know, God could make that all wash away and it could still be his grace and love leading us to something else. Um, but it just so happens that in this season, like I can't point to anything else, but to say that it's been his uh, blessing to cause certain things to roll out and, and to cause that to happen in my business. And I'm thankful for it. So I wasn't going to get up at first because I was like, well, I really don't feel like getting up. Um, but so now I'm up. Um, I, my evidence of grace, I think, for the Kennedy family overall, us, I'm Courtney Kennedy, by the way, um, coming here to the Image Church has, was really an eye-opener for us. Uh, we were at a church down the street that we really just were not growing in. Um, and it just so happened that Lala invited us to service. Um, it's been almost two years ago. Um, in the first service, I was kind of like taken aback. It's like, this is completely different. Um, the worship is different. The atmosphere is different. Um, and I just wasn't sure if I was coming back. Uh, and after about two or three services, it was like, okay, I really like this church. Um, not because this, or not only because it's a gospel-centered church, but also the service involved in it, um, and really being seeing members active in the community um, was just an eye opener for us. Um, being at a church that we're able to serve um, is just great. And I mean, in the year and a half, John and I have just been welcomed so much by everyone here. Um, and now we're starting that service trend, so it's great. So, yeah, thank you guys, um, all of you here. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ashton. Um, the biggest area in my life that I have seen God's grace declared was about six years ago. My dad was a pastor. My dad had been a pastor my whole life. And we were in Pensacola a little over six years ago. And the church he was at for five and a half years, there was a big church split. And there were a lot of lies made about my family, my dad, me, my mom. And they essentially voted him out. And they told us we had three months to get out. And what 
I can clearly see what the enemy meant for destruction God has used for good. He has breathed life into it. We've all, it was a very painful process to walk through. Because there was this group of people who were supposed to protect and love us and provide and speak life. And they did just the opposite. And I don't really know why I continued to go back to church. A lot of it was probably the routine my parents ingrained in me from the time I was born. But I'm very thankful for that routine because I would have abandoned the church without it. But through it all, God has been stripping away. My dad, my dad found his identity in being a pastor. I found my identity in being a rebellious pastor's son, <laughs> which I lived up to. Um, but there's been a lot of redemption. There's been a lot of, we've all had to walk through a lot of unlearning the theologies we had taken on as truth that were not truth. But God's grace, I don't know, it's been declared over the whole situation very loudly. And there's just been life breathed into it all the way around. So. Hello, I'm Melissa. I don't want to be up here, but I am. That's really scary. Um, it's really weird to know how to start. Um, I feel like something, a place that God has me in right now is reminding me that he is the one that is filling in the blanks. He is the one that's filling in the holes where you expect people to be there, whether it be family, um, really close-knit friends, pastors, leaders, people that you really esteem and um, maybe idolize, and you think, you're going to be there, and you're going to be my backup, and we're good. And then from a young age, um, my mother died of um, cancer when I was 13, and um, not that my whole childhood was perfect, but she was, man, like my cornerstone. And the thing that I thought, as long as I have her, I'm going to be good. And for a while I was. And then she was gone, and I grew up real fast. And families fall apart when death happens. The connections you thought you were super proud of, all of a sudden you don't have anymore. Um, then you're left with this intense emptiness and a real bitterness. Um, but God shows up and he rescues you while you're sinking and crazy depressed. And he starts filling in the gaps. But the thing that happened with me is that he used his people to do it. So I wasn't mother. I lost my mother, but he filled in the gaps of when I needed a mother if that makes sense. When I needed advice, a woman showed up, like Jared's talking about today. He was at the gym, and God met that, um, that young man's needs. Well, God did that for me, and I fell in love with Jesus because he was rescuing me, and I recognized it was him. So I started going to church really hard, and I wanted to be involved in everything, and I wanted to be in ministry, and I was, and I was, and I was, and I was, and I started losing him. Because now what was filling the gap was what I was doing and who was a part and who I needed to please. And because I had lost a big, huge of my family and a 
big part of my identity was starting to become what I was doing instead of who, who I belonged to. I started feeling big holes happening again. And that depression and that afraid little girl inside a grown woman's body. And I still deal with that. Um, and God has always been faithful. And it's been him showing himself over years and years and years and years since I was a young girl. That I'm the one who's going to meet you. Right? So we come to image. I'm trying to hurry up, Jerry. I'm sorry. We come to image. And I'm... I lost um, the church family that I had, and then I instantly feel like I'm alone again. I am completely abandoned. I have no connections. No one here knows me. I can't do this over again. And I felt like, um, what is it with these people that just move around? You just migrate everywhere, and I don't have a home. I mean that in a metaphoric sense. In my heart, I don't feel at home anywhere. I know you guys understand what I'm saying. You're trying to grasp a sense of home, and I didn't have it. And now, currently, a big part of my, my family, not my married life, but my family from my past, is falling apart completely. I took up a big, huge mother role in my my brother's life, and I had the idea that I am going to be this leading role. I have to make up. I have to fill the gaps. And now that's falling apart. And in all that chaos and all that turmoil, God is showing me where I need to change. Like, I think that my security and this sense of family and this sense of home is going to come if I work really hard and I get it together and I make everybody comfortable and I make everybody else feel like they're at home and I make everybody else feel secure and I'm working so hard to do that and I have none of it and then I realize that while God's talking to me and he's saying he's showing me that that's I need to be in this control to get it together He's reminding me that I, he is my home. He is the one that is bringing it back together for me. So this is a super painful time for me, but it's also a really amazing, great kind of hurt because I'm realizing that it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter if I'm a little girl in a home that I feel like is falling apart or if I go to church and all of a sudden I'm not at that church anymore and now I'm at the image and I don't feel like I have all the connections that I want yet. I have moved around and moved around and moved around and longed for a sense of home. And he has been there the whole time. And I realized just this past week, the thing that he put in me is that my security has nothing to do with people. It has everything to do with him. All right, Brandy's going to come up, and after Brandy, we'll have time for two more people. So keep coming up. But, yeah, if you want to, the first two people that line up over here get to share. All right, cool. Hey, guys. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, so we'll just start with my childhood. Okay, no, and it'll be quick. I was taught from a very young age that I can't trust anybody outside of my family. And it contradicted 
everything that in my heart I felt to be true. I didn't feel like everybody was untrustworthy, but you get this message long enough, it sinks in, seeds planted, sprouts into this big, don't trust any other human tree. Fine. So, most of my life has been spent, I don't trust any of you, I can't trust any of you, you're all charlatans, you're all no good, you're only, you're only going to hurt me. So, my whole life has been spent like, just trying to figure out who's going to be next, who's going to do it next, and it's like, and that and that's a super hard way to live, but... But it also brought me so much strength, feeling like none of you did any of this for me. No other human did any of this for me. It's just me and God. And there was like this weird self-righteous anger that went along with that too. And then all of a sudden, like I'm battling depression and anxiety really bad. Anxiety attacks, just thinking about having to talk to people, um, not being able to explain why I need to not be near anybody and I just need to go, I just need to go somewhere quiet and have a grip and have a great big cry or why am I having these suicidal ideations? Why am I constantly thinking about how to hurt myself? So all of this, God has broken me down completely in this, what I'm seeing is weakness. What I'm seeing is weakness because I'm not doing everything well, I'm not doing everything right. Through him, which was a sham because God didn't have much to do with the strength that I thought I had. But now it, I feel like last night I was hanging out with some people and I was thinking like, whoa, I'm actually, I feel like I'm having, I have a family I feel like I have people I can, and it's hard to even say that I can trust, but I know that that's the proper word for it. So, um, thank you guys. Hello. Um, I'm Vashti. Some people call me V. Some know me. Some has not gotten to know me yet. I've been coming to Image about five months with my husband. Um, you can say I've been going through a transitional change in my spiritual walk with God. I've been um, in this walk with God for the last seven years in the church I was at. I felt like I was missing something. You know, God has put us on this earth to serve him. And one of the ways is to go out there and reach people. And that's something my church wasn't doing. So I, my husband started coming here. I started coming with him. And I felt like God was pulling my heart to come here. But I wanted to make sure because sometimes, you know, we can think it's God and it don't be God. It just be our flesh. So I had to fast and just really seek God to what to do because being somewhere for seven years and all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, you know, but I sought God, talked to my leader, who still is my leader, and, you know, God gave 
me confirmation through her. He also gave me confirmation now because I was like, like, Lord God, I want to go up there and share the goodness of you and grace, you know, give me confirmation. Then the next two people, he was like, there you go right there. I was like, okay. So, you know, so being obedient to God and talking to my leader and starting to come here more and going to the Brentwood house party and meeting people, you know, it is, is feeling what I felt like I was missing, you know, um, and when you obey God, God rewards us just like we rewards our children. And I, um, have my own house cleaning service, you know, and people be like, Oh, you clean? Yes, I'm little, but I have a lot of inner strength, you know, and you know, what some what people can't do, you know, God has put us to help people in different ways, you know. And like I tell my clients, I'm not only working for you, I'm working for God, you know. So anything we do, we have to do it in the spirit of excellency. excellency. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You know, so with being obedient to God and, and letting him lead me in this hard process, he has rewarded me. I now have a contract with a big um, house rental um, service and everything and stuff, cleaning their homes. You know, and another way God gave me confirmation just sitting there and talking about grace, you know, and, and, and seeking him. I'm, I'm really big on numbers. And the new company, they were like, well, you get five or more houses a month and everything and stuff. Well, God remind me that five is the number of grace. Hallelujah. So that was confirmation again for him telling me to come up here and share of his goodness. So if you see a five, just say, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Amen. Hi, uh, my name is Laura. I've been coming for, like, what, three weeks now with my husband. We just moved here. He's in the Navy. And this year for me has been a year of God's grace. Um, about a year ago, on September 2nd, I had brain surgery, came out of nowhere, and all of the symptoms and everything did not add up for the doctors, why I would be sick, and I had been losing 25% vision on my right side, and they told me that I should be blind, and by the grace of God, like, he's given me, like, all of it back. Um, it's crazy. And they told me, like, you need to not make sure you don't get pregnant. And, of course, we just celebrated three months today, and I'm nine weeks pregnant. And all to say, it's been a very challenging year, but through it all, he's just shown me grace and favor. Um, I've been looking for jobs, and I applied on base to work at a childhood developmental center, and... I had my interview and everybody's telling me not to tell them I'm pregnant because they probably won't hire me. They can't say that that's why. And I ended up telling him anyways. And I was like, well, full disclosure, why not? They told me it would take one to two weeks to hear back. And two days later, they're like, we want to give you this job. And so just to go and say that there's times where it's going to be incredibly hard. But God is just so good. Like, when he has a plan for you, there's no one that can stop that. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, <clears throat> God is amazing. It, I know that everyone in here could have come up and said something, because I know that God's always at work in all of us. Um, and I don't know. 
I think it was Lois who said this, but it reminded me sitting there. It's like, I'd actually like to say thank two people um, that came to my mind during this time. But um, Diana's one. Um, she's always here at 9 a.m. every morning, every Sunday morning to clean both the bathrooms top to bottom. Does not tell anyone about it, does not ask for anything, comes, serves every week faithfully. It's amazing. It's humbling. And I love that. Um, another, another one are actually the Kennedys. You know, the Kennedys, like they said, like Courtney said, they're new, but I was just amazed even this morning hearing that for the women's Bible study, that both of them, they bring their whole family. They wake up at 6 a.m. every Saturday on their day off, bring the family here. John watches some of the kids, and Courtney helps set up for every women's Bible study just because. Just because. And, like, we talk about it. Someone said, like, it's it's not about even the big things, the amazing things, like the, the surgeries and the, you know, miracles that God's doing, but also the, the faithfulness of the ones that get no credit. Like, that to me is just glaring examples of just doing little teeny things. It's just the expression, the overflow of the heart that's just thankful and just joyous because they're in the presence of God, so they get to serve. And I don't know. I, I just was feeling that there, and I wanted to just express my thankfulness to them and to God for doing a great work inside of them that they can love the people of this church um, every Sunday. So um, right now, we're actually going to do communion. Uh, the band's going to come up. Um, I have one more slide. I forget what the verse is, but I wanted to read it before we do communion. Um, oh, perfect. That was actually a perfect transition. Thank you, Jesus. Um, serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, the Kennedys and Diana are great examples of that. Come into his presence with singing. Um, right now when we're talking, you know, a lot of us here, there's nothing better than being in the presence of God when you're in Christ. He will fill you with joy and comfort, and he will remind you of your identity in him. He will remind you that you are a child of God and that he has covered you. He has covered your sins. He has covered your eternity. And he is, God is overwhelmed with joy to have you in his family. 